fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and this is week two of Halloween of October nonsense. Yes, I believe. Yes. And this is the yearly ritual of us doing a movie that nobody's ever heard of, because as as if we don't do that all the time anyways, but specifically a horror movie that nobody's ever heard of. And, you know, you got me uh, because I had never heard of this movie until you thrust a DVD into my hand. Yeah. Because I'm like, we're, we need to do this movie because I like this movie a lot. Uh, the movie's called End of the Line. It's a Canadian movie directed by a guy, again, you've probably never heard of because this is the last fucking movie he made in 2007. Uh, his name is Morris Devereaux. As soon as I saw his name come up, I felt like I'd seen it somewhere before. But I checked his IMDb page and I don't recognize anything. Oh, you've never seen Slashers? No. Slashers rules also. It's just as dumb. Well, it's way it's way dumber. This movie is actually pretty serious and takes itself very seriously. Slashers is really dumb, but fun. It's like a re- Japanese reality show where the slashers are actual murderers and people go there to That's like, probably not where die. I recognize it from. You have described that show to me before. So you probably mentioned his name and then I saw Morris Devereaux come up on the screen. I thought I've heard that somewhere. I'm just surprised to see that he's still alive since he hasn't made a fucking movie in however many years he's really i have the terror vision blu-ray that came out yeah uh there's watching, a there's a new interview on it yeah watching this makes me want to uh get a hold of that terror vision blu-ray because i gotta say when this movie first started <laughs> i was not optimistic okay um, me too i was i'll br- i'll bring up my bit about it too but i gotta say uh i i came around pretty quickly actually that opening scene on the subway car you know, like the dream sequence. At first, I'm like, okay, what is this bullshit? This looks, <laughs> this looks like some janky ass asylum level bullshit. Why, why did he, why did he need me to? Wa-? And then she. Or are you talking the, about the train, the the opening she, credits? Yeah, and she puts <laughs> up the picture, and then she takes down the picture. Boom! I was like, whoa! It got me immediately. Jump scare, a like, good one. It, too. it was a solid jump scare, and. Those do not get me 99% no, of the time. No, he really took the time in that very opening scene to to really establish like, okay, there's something weird going on, but what the yeah. hell's going on? And then she opens that envelope. Yeah. And then she and, pulls out and, a picture. And the, the, the writing on the envelope was all fucked up. So I'm like, oh. what is going on here? But if you But once you realize, you know, like after the fact, it makes sense. The writing on the envelope might be very, very important. But Morris Devereaux's a dick and won't tell you a goddamn thing about fucking anything, and it drives me nuts. Do you think there's something more to it than it just being a dream? Because uh, in dreams, yes. the 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 dream in the dream centers of your brain, that's why it's really hard to read things in dreams because the reading, like the the part of your brain that handles the written language, and the part of your brain that handles dreaming are two completely separate regions of the brain. No, not the dream sequence itself, but specifically the envelope with the picture you mean the envelope she opens later in the real world i got this idea from a from a piece of the trivia 
Because okay. I never would have fucking noticed it otherwise. Okay, I'm curious. So yeah, she's on the train. She's having the dream sequence. All the, the this group of people is like facing opposite her, and she's just no, like, no, 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 facing away from her. Oh, up, yeah, right. Sorry, facing away from her, and it's it's really weird looking. It's kind of eerie, you know. She's just alone in this train car with these four people or however many, and they're just kind of standing there, not doing anything. Yeah, but the whole group has their backs to her. Like, yeah, the, the whole group. <laughs> They're not moving. They're not even breathing as far as I can tell. It's really weird. But then she has this envelope in her lap and she pulls it out. It has some writing on it and she opens it up and then there's the picture, a a drawing of what she is seeing in front of her, those people with their backs to her. But on the envelope, it says Claviceps papyria ergot, which... Oh, um, is that Latin? (laughs) Claviceps purpurea, if that's how you pronounce that, I don't know, is a type of ergot fungus that can grow in rye and has been known to cause hallucinations. An alternate read of the movie is that the demons aren't real and instead are just hallucinations due to tainted church muffins. The only people who are confirmed to see demons are church members or people who are shown to have eaten the muffins. Oh, because she bought those muffins on her way out from work that night. Fucking A. (laughs) Wow. Okay, now, that completely changes it. Well, yeah, what I I was just looking I was looking at it when I was watching it the first time and I'm just like that is a fucking really great idea. Like obviously what's happening is actually happening, but the sure. other part is making her see all sorts of weird shit. Okay, so so the scene on the stairs. Which scene on the stairs? The scene on the stairs when they're going, you know, they're being chased by the people and they're on their way up and then someone looks down the stairs and sees one of those demon things. Oh, and it's not Karen. It's somebody else, and I can't remember who it is. I think I have it in my notes, so when we get to that point, I'm sure I'll have okay, it. Okay, so, but did they eat any of the muffins? Was it the little bald guy? Because if so, if then the yes, he guy, absolutely then, yeah, ate some of those muffins. Sense. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's a little bald guy in this movie. This movie also has some of the most horrific fucking death scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It's mitigated by the fact that the actors are all terrible. But uh, they're See, all pretty you, bad. Th- that, that's, that stuff gets to you. It never, it does not bother me at all because I know they're all, you know, I mean, a lot of them went on to actually like do other stuff and stuff, but this is a completely independent production. No studio. The dude had $400,000, I think, to make this whole movie. Well, I mean, he, he brought it together really well because it's effective at what it's doing. As much as, you know, there are issues with it in terms of like, you know, things, things that kind of break the break this break my suspension of disbelief, you know, and uh, uh, show the strings of the puppeteer. At the same time, he keeps bringing it back around to where it's working again, you know, so it's like even if even if it has a moment where it breaks like that, it's not long until it's, I'm right back in there with it. Nope, there's a part right at the beginning where I'm like, oh, fuck. When I started watching it again because I hadn't watched it in a long time, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, no. Are we, is this, uh, are, am I, am I going to not like this this time around? <laughs> or am I going to, am I going to like it because it's bad and not because I thought it was good back in the day and now it sucks and, but it's funny. No, no, I, I, yeah, I, I can, I want to be clear with the audience. I don't think that this is a good, bad movie. I think this is a good movie. Yeah, it, it is a good movie, especially when you think of how little, how few resources the dude had. I didn't even have that information to work with when I was watching it. No, I don't think I told you much about it at no, all. I didn't know like anything about it. ish. I did know that there were some problems with it, and there are some problems with it, but it works because, like I said, 
the the directing is effective enough that it keeps sucking me in the story keeps sucking me in and again part of it that thing we were talking about earlier you might not have been recording when i said it but i've said it on the podcast many many times before the scripting phase is free (laughs) you can write a second draft of your script you can write a third draft of your script you can write a good script before you ever get to the budgeting phase and more filmmakers need to start doing this more studios need to start insisting upon this because i've seen multiple movies this week that weren't necessarily ruined by a poor script but they they were hampered by a poor script in in that they had a lot of potential and could have been genuinely great movies but were kept in the good or even in some cases just good enough category by really poor scripting despite the fact that the concepts and and the, the performances and things like that were very, very strong. In this case, you had a really strong script surrounded or packed with very poor performances, but it still managed to work because the script and the director had a vision for what they were doing and the actors, while not terribly skilled, were committed. Appropriate performances. Yes. I would say. I, I think everybody, everybody felt committed to what they were doing. Even if they weren't doing it the best, they were committing to it. And that makes up for a lot. Even that dude at the beginning who who has one of the worst line reads I've ever heard in my life, at least he's going after it. You're talking about the guy in the bed with the rosary? No, that was... That, was that guy of, was pretty bad, too. That was a little comical. But no, the guy who's like, then the lady was running around naked going, fuck me, fuck oh me. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, I had blocked that out. That was so horrible. That's where I was like, oh, my God. Did I did I fuck up here? Oh, oh you know what? No, you're right. You're right. Because even I, at that point, like like I said, it immediately grabbed me at that jump scare. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, so this is actually, this is effective. But then we went in and, and we had the rosary scene. And then we come out and she meets that guy and he delivers that line. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, was that just? a one-off what the fuck am i watching just a one-off everybody else is like at least serviceable don't let some initial stumbles fool you this this actually it works as a whole and i mean it did for me anyway I, I i guess i can't speak for anybody else but another thing here um so like i said morris Devereaux is really cryptic about this shit i've listened to the commentary track like years ago i can't really remember it but he's like there's a reason for this there's a reason for this but i'm not gonna tell you which <laughs> i've said on here before i f- fucking hate that so much i don't wanna i don't wanna think well also it's not really thinking it's like it's like watching donnie darko and like i was telling you earlier, <laughs> everybody pretending to understand it even though they have no fucking clue what they're talking about it doesn't matter if you necessarily understand what the director's intentions were what matters is that you understand what it means to you and that it does click in your head you're not necessarily going to be able to convey that to other people in a meaningful way but if that's if it works for you in that way that's all that really matters i'm really happy for people that can do that we were talking i'm a very literal person i like to know what things are about it actually it actually <laughs> enhances my enjoyment of it i'm actually right there with morris Devereaux. i think he's a hero for not giving any answers i applaud him for that i have a perfect example my family and i went to see the wonder years do their 10th anniversary performance of the greatest generation and 10 years ago soupy the fucking the guy who writes all the lyrics he would not tell me he wouldn't tell anybody what the fuck those songs were about and it drove me nuts (laughs) and then finally at this show he's like this song's about this and this and i'm like thank you good fucking lord was that so hard I am 100% on board with him, not you. Although I am glad that in the end you got your answer. I'm glad for you because you're my friend. Like, some of the stuff is obvious and it's fine, but like, 
And I, it's not. I and, think it's good to give people a chance to make up their own minds, though. Well, and it's not that I can't make up my own mind, like what this means to me, but it really helps enhance my enjoyment of things when I know what the storyteller or the creator was trying to say. Well, that's it fine. helps me. That, yeah, that's fine. And that's also probably why I watch movies like Three Ninjas all the time, because it's like, there's, you're not really trying to say anything here. This not is just, a lot of subtext. <laughs> Rocky Four. There you go. Perfect. There is air quotes subtext, but it's like, Russians bad, I guess, for a minute, and, but they're not really bad, are they? Anyways, so we talked about the dream sequence right at the beginning. She wakes up, she's crying in the shower, and she sees a shadow. Morris Devereaux had, he said, ooh, there's, there's a reason for the shadow. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And then, oh, uh, our main character, whose name is Karen, she has a dog, and the dog doesn't die because we only see it once. So we're going to cut to the subway, and there's a young girl, and she looks very distressed, and, you know, she jumps in front of a train after yeah. seeing some of the sim- some similar things that the, yeah. that the main character saw in her dream sequence. And at this point, I'm kind of going, okay, that opening sequence was surprisingly strong. Does this mean that we're just going to get, like, a montage of weird people having horrific experiences is that going to be the whole fucking movie at this point because there's no a to b drawn between these two sequences when they happen no not yet no we'll we'll get a little explanation later but first we have to find see the see the crazy guy i think karen might be a psychiatric nurse or something but there's also this dude going i've seen them i've seen them and he has a crucifix and he swallows it and shit and they have to sedate him it's not a crucifix it's a rosary because you could swallow a rosary. Fine, I'm not Catholic. Get the fuck out of here. Good luck swallowing a crucifix. Holy <laughs> shit. I'll swallow a crucifix. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, anyways, so he swallows it. They sedate him. Then we meet this one guy who almost makes me think we're going to watch a shitty movie. Then Karen gets told about the girl who committed suicide on the train tracks, and it turns out that she was a patient of hers, and she begged the doctor not to let her go. Uh, she wasn't She wasn't ready, but the doctor was like... Fuck it! Did her insurance run out or something? I can't remember. Uh, I th- Yeah, I think they were like making room for other people. And also, Karen. Karen's all distressed now. She's she's going to cry. She's going to eat a muffin. Because she actually cares about her patients. Oh, like what the fuck? Dip shit. She grabs a couple muffins, donates a quarter to the church, whose name I can't remember, but I have it written down. Yeah, I can't later. remember it either. And, you know, she goes into her office and eats, eats muffins while she's crying. And apparently the envelope from the dream was real and given to her by the girl who jumped in front of the train. This time we see a drawing of the hospital, but with weird looking little demon creatures everywhere. By the way, they look pretty good. The drawings are way too fucking good. That actually irritated me. The drawings were so good that I was like, get maybe the, the fuck out Maybe of the girl was shit. an art student. They have artists in Canada, you know. Then a black guy comes into her office. Hang on, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the director said, Morris Devereaux said in the commentary, he's like, there's a reason he's a black guy, but I'm not going to tell you. Like, Motherfucker. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yes. And I still don't what know what he means. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. <laughs> And it's, oh my God. it's bugged me since the first time I, was, I saw this movie and listened to the commentary track in 2008, probably. Now he's just trolling you. And I think about it a lot. He's, he's trolling you. You specifically, too, by the way. Shit's going to start to get real. Karen's at the subway. On her way home. It's late and empty. Save for one dude reading a Carl Sagan book. This guy is the director insert. That's him. That's, what? That's... He's the director? He, he's not the director, oh, oh, but oh. that's that's his that's his his avatar. Yeah, they make eyes and shit because they're both well. She's cute. He's he looks like Shaggy, and then this guy I named I 
named the creepy guy. I call him Creepy McFuckface because I can't remember his actual name, which is said once later on in the movie. I just thought of him as Lester the Molester because that's what he looks like. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, he comes in and he's creepy as shit. He is vamping it up And I'm just like, I had a thought earlier. I'm like, well, he comes in and he chews the scenery and I'm like, chew more because I want it. I need more. I want more. <laughs> it's fucking nuts and it's so funny. Oh, he's like terrifying, this- but like. Oh my kind of goofy all at the same time. This guy is so over the top. Because you know in this situation there would be at least one guy like that. Oh yeah. Oh, once once the story starts moving a little bit and we start getting a little more context for him, it makes way more sense. But in this scene I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> he really wants to fuck her. You know, he, or anybody. Yeah, he he just want he just wants to fuck something and I don't think he cares what or who it is. <laughs> he is what we can we call an incel. So he's being all creepy. He calls her a cunt face and he likes that word a lot. He says it a bunch. And then uh the dude who is reading comes in and saves her. They do the thing like, oh, hi, whatever your name is. And she's like, hi, guy that I don't know, but I'm going to pretend your name is Derek. Blah, blah, blah. Right. His name is Mike, by the way. Uh, That's not what she says, though. No, she she calls him Derek. I can't remember what he calls her, but her name is Karen. He, he ends up talking about his creepometer. God, he's, a, he's kind of a douche. He is kind of a douche. I don't love him because... As much like him as I am, oh, I, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> same same thing. I, uh, I like hate it. him because I hate myself. Like, I'm looking at him, I'm going, oh, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Just shut the fuck up. Put your Carl Sagan book down, you son of a bitch. Because no, I hate him because I feel attacked by him. Well, as, yeah. As it, it, him simply existing <laughs> is an he, attack on my my character. <laughs> <And> he's <laughs> he's trying to talk to her and make conversation. And she's like, dude, I've had a really shitty day. Just could, could he not? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, ooh, fucking denied. But he takes it well. I'll say that for myself. I mean him. Uh, he's like, you know, just stick around. Just stay close to me just in case the weirdo comes back. And she's like, Thanks. And he doesn't creep on her. Nope. So you see, I'm not that weird. <laughs> so then she has some nice hallucinations of a dead girl splattered in half by the fucking train. Then they all get on the train. Then it stops suddenly because this is a fucking horror movie, okay? Things cannot go well. You need to stop whatever vehicle they're on somehow. Not exactly thrilled about being in the subway tunnels in general, so. So the train is stopped. It's all dark and creepy and shit. There's, there's an announcer who you've seen in movies before. We'll see him later. But they can't they can't understand him because he's like it's it, it's gonna be uh. it was really frustrating to listen to and then Karen hears some banging on the outside of the train and we can kind of hear some voices too it doesn't we don't know what they're saying but then she walks over to the window and there's a hand knocking on the window it's really creepy it's actually fucking <laughs> weird it's like there's just like this disembodied hand smacking the window and then the girl pops up the, the dead girl from the train tracks and then Mike busts open the door and he's like oh my god uh, and he scares the shit out of her and he's like I heard you screaming and she's like that's because you came in and scared me you dick Mike actually against all odds is not actually creeping in this scene he is genuinely concerned for her welfare yeah I because- mean he he clearly likes her there's no question about that but that's not you know like he's not trying to because he's like a he's like a dweeby dorky guy and this hot nurse chick was like talking to him earlier so he needs to like keep some tabs on her and then an old lady comes in she's all sweet and like timid and stuff and she's she's all scared and mike is like get the fuck out of here lady i'm trying to fuck that's the note that i made (laughs) (laughs) not quite as crass as that i think there was a hit like a reaction on his part because they started him and karen started talking and sitting down and he's like i'm fucking in and the lady's like oh (laughs) Is everybody okay back here? I'm just getting a little scared. And he just rolls his eyes. I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out. You are not getting laid on this train. You are not those other two people that we're going to meet in a minute. Yeah, like they they actually, well, he got to completion. <laughs> so, Although I will say I, I could finish a lot 
quicker when I was that age well, too. <laughs> and then the old lady says she she heard voices and saw a strange man walking the track and stuff, and a young girl. And Karen's like, oh, a young girl. So we're setting some stuff up here. You, you yeah. gotta pay attention. Then just out of nowhere, she gets a page. It's 2007. We still have pagers apparently. <laughs> yeah, that is, that was weird. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? She she pulls out the pager, she looks at it and she's like, "Oh my." She's all kind of she gets a little gets a little squirt in her panties and she's like, she's like, "Oh." And then she pulls out this cross, this like weird looking. It looks a little cheesy if you're actually watching it, but the intent is creepy and I know what's coming. It's uh I mean, it's on the cover of the movie, so it's not a mystery. Turns out that the cross is a is a knife and she stabs Mike right in the back, and I don't know how the blood splattered out in front of him like that, but I'm here for it, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and a lot of it, too. Not yeah. just a little. He's dead as shit in real life if that happens. Holy shit. Yeah, he just lost, like, a quart of blood. And then she do- then she starts getting all creepy. This sweet lady turns into a psycho. She's like, it's for your own good, my children. You must be saved. And then she starts singing the, song of- the theme song of the movie. I have an issue with uh, religious zealots, religion in general but especially you know (laughs) so this movie scares me (laughs) that's valid yeah because apocalypse cults are fucking scary well we'll 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 get to it we'll get to it a little later too because you know as far as we're as far as anybody else is concerned this could still all be supernatural and shit i mean you know given the fact that it's a fictional world there's no there's no saying for sure what the director was thinking, although I do, now that you've presented the uh, uh, the fungus argument, I find it compelling. At least for the the monster part. Well, it could be for the whole thing. I mean, there's really no way of knowing at this point. Using the muffins to, con- to break their brains and so, he can, so the preacher guy can control them easier. Yeah, I mean, the who knows? I the only the only part that would cast some doubt on that would be who saw the demon in the stairwell. And then what did the guy with the axe see? I can't remember his name for the life of me, but Axeman, what did he see when he was trying to get out of the subway station? Chaos. At the surface level. I think he just saw a bunch of a bunch of shit and fire and a dude going, It's happening, brother. Ah. But he said something like, Look to the sky. And then the guy looked up and he got an expression on his face. So I feel like he saw something. But that could also be based on the fact that I didn't have the information about the potential muffin connection. This one's definitely going to need a rewatch for me. Uh, it's, um, apparently for me too now. You're pointing out some stuff that I never really even thought of. And then we do a little thing where we we rewind a little. We meet another lady. She's singing this shitty song, but really committing oh to it. Oh my god, so okay. Th- this song it, this song, this is one of those moments where this where this the movie loses me, but then it pulls me right back in. It lost me at this song. I was like, get the fuck out of here. That came right out of a 38-year-old screenwriter's keyboard. <laughs> there is no yeah. fucking way some teenage girl is listening to that song. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, she looks pretty edgy, man. She also has a name that I can't remember, but I'll, I'll write it down. I don't later. remember any of the names in this movie. Not one. Her name is Julie. Her name is Julie. And the creepy guy, his name is Patrick. That's right. So Julie's singing this shitty song. Patrick comes in and he clocks her immediately. He's like, oh shit, I have a boner. And then he starts, you know. Oh, Patrick is this uh, for the audience in case we didn't make that clear. He's the same creep that ran into yes. Karen on, yes. the, on the landing at the subway station. So he is going to take it upon himself to try to get in Julie's pants. And he, at first he's going to be like, Please, please, I'm I'm a very nice young man. Would you please let me touch you in your pants? 
that didn't happen at all. He immediately jumps on her and goes, hey, you want to fuck? Ah! Yeah, he, he he goes from zero to sixty immediately. Zero to sixty nine, am I right? Oh, oh yeah, up top, high uh, five. Then you know he of course pulls out the fucking the the cross dagger and he's using it to hold her up so she'll like let him kiss her and stuff and it's all creepy and weird. He is less like reverent about it than the other characters are. I and it turns that. out that he is the one who stopped the train. He pushed the emergency button. And then another couple is making out in another car, and they're going to maybe fuck. The conductor is dumb. Doesn't, I don't know. I don't remember why I wrote that, but there was a reason. Was it because the conductor was asking? No. Oh, yeah, because the conductor went. Oh, that's right, because he's at, he's, he's, he goes into Julie and Patrick, and, and yeah. he's very clearly, she's very clearly not into this. And yeah. he's just like, why'd you push the button, you dumb bitch? Yeah, what the Patrick, fuck? Patrick has the smarmiest grin on his face. And she's and crying. This girl is fucking terrified. She is so scared. If nothing else, this this guy needs to get involved just to get this girl out of whatever situation she's in because she is clearly not happy to be where she is at that moment. It's, this, is de- this is definitely 2007, isn't it? She wants it. It's fine. They were listening to uh, the Bloodhound Gang a little too much. The lap dance is so much better when the stripper is crying. Ew. <laughs> It's, it's a fucking lyric from one of their songs. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, man. Wow. I knew the Bloodhound Gang said some fucked up shit, but that, wow. That's impressive even to me. <laughs> so so the, the the couple in the other car, they're, they they fuck. She's like this, what do you call it? Church girl. Yeah, she's a church girl. And he's like, let's, let's do stuff. That's just kind of how he sounds to me, even though he looks like he's a air quotes cool guy but they're making out he tries to grab her tits and she's like no we can't you know i can't then he's like come on baby he's like, come on come on and then she's like okay fuck me fuck me hard fuck me now she like <laughs> goes yeah she, again zero to 60 like whoa what the fuck just happened yeah then he's like oh you're fucking yanking my chain and she's like only if you want me to yeah, I thought yeah, she right. was joking at first because I thought no, nobody would seriously say that, right? Turns out I was wrong. Well, in fairness, an innocent girl who doesn't have a lot of experience would totally say something like that thinking it was the sexiest thing in the world. And he doesn't give a shit because she's cute and about yeah. to fuck him. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, so he doesn't really care. Plus, he's got... he's got. Uh, he, I don't know if he's actually a teenager. He might be like 22 or 23, but... You know, he's got that young man testosterone uh, easily <laughs> driving yeah. that boner. It doesn't matter as, as long as she's cute and she's willing. Right. And I'm flexible on the cute like me, like all the things have to be right. And I have to be like not have eaten too much for dinner or something like that. Hit him. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Whatever. So the dude, they, they do fuck. The dude comes in like a second. He's like, oh, God, it's usually not this fast. <laughs> and she's like. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's been such a romantic night. I'm like, you just fucked on a train. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. In a dank ass subway. And then she's In like, the dark. Then she's like, hey, let's go. Let's go out onto the tracks because the train stopped, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, come on. We don't want to get in trouble. And she's like, come on. You said you've done it before. She's really innocent and really cute. And, and she he, wants so, she wants to be bad. For she wants night. to be bad for like a minute. Yeah. And then they start going out into the train. And then, oh, hey, look, somebody's pounding on the train. It's them being fucking assholes. And then yeah. he's like, and then we hear because Patrick earlier on had said because the the conductor said to Julie, don't make any trouble until we get to the end of the line. And then Patrick goes, no trouble until we get to the end of the line. Hey, it's the movie. It's what it's called. And then, you know, you can hear 
John, I think his name is. You end of the line, end of the fucking line. I hate this fucking guy too. He's the guy who's in the tunnel now, yeah. right? Morris Devereaux has an Eli Roth level talent for writing characters that I hate. That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that because I hated almost everybody in this movie. Almost. I I didn't hate Karen, which not... is strange that she's named Karen and she's the one character right. I don't hate. Try. But uh, in fairness, though, this was probably before Dane Cook had really coined the term Karen. Wait, Dane Cook coined it? I'm never saying that word again. And then we cut to three dudes. They're they're sitting there. They're all kind of dressed up in the same outfit. And they're talking about how great it was to see the Reverend in person tonight. And we're like, oh, okay, they're churchy weirdos. Cool, whatever. Uh, How are they going to react when the train gets shut down? uh, They're going to pull out knives and start killing folks. They get paged. (laughs) yes they do and they're like oh it's time yay they pull out the same cross that that old lady pulled out they pull it out pull out their knives and shit and one of them's like no i don't know about this maybe we should call somebody and they're like it's time it's happening let's do this and then all the pagers start going off the the creepy dude patrick is very excited he's like it's christmas because he's also talked about it's like even as a little boy i couldn't wait to open my presents that was when he was uh, uh attempting to sexually assault the young lady yes or, but, no, excuse me. Succeeding. At succeeding. Very much succeeding. Yes. Uh, but she manages to get get away from him because, like, he drops something and then she has she grabs her pepper no, he's, spray. He's, he's checking his pager. Oh, that's right. And then she has a moment to reach into her fallen purse. See, this is what the caffeine does to me. It shut my brain down for a second. Sprays him right in the eyes. And he's like, ah, oh, the fuck? And she runs and gets away from him. Oh, hey, are you surprised that the girl out in the tunnel who just got fucked, the really church mousy girl, gets a page too? Not at all. I'm sure a few people were like, <gasps> I'm also not surprised that she was like, oh shit, uh, I'm not ready for this. Let's <laughs> yeah. run. <laughs> uh, so it begins. And I'm also not surprised at what happened later. Jeez. <laughs> this shit gets dark, by the way, so be prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> it begins. The church people, they just, they're like very slowly walking up to the rest of the people that are in the train these no-name characters and one lady's like no donations today okay and then they just start stabbing everybody i mean they're walking they're holding their crosses like they're just crosses they're not holding them like they're knives and then (laughs) once they get in position shing stab and their blood fucking everywhere and i love it I love a good, gory, way-too-much-blood scenario. The effects are pretty good for the budget. I, I'm surprised. Especially later on, the uh, the head choppings. Oh, yeah. The two head choppings oh, that we get. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. It's fucking, that, that's some good stuff. Uh, one of the church kids uh, who just got a page, he starts, like, having this weird seizure. He probably have, He's probably having an epileptic fit or something. Very likely, yeah. And, of course, these crazy religious people are like, oh, my God, he's being possessed by the devil. Oh, my God, can't you see it's happening? He's possessed. We need to save him. And by save him, they mean murder him. stab him with a crucifix and there's that reluctant guy of the cult members and the other one is like so enthusiastic yes. <laughs> he just stabs the shit out of his buddy and he's like come on i can't do this by myself and so the guy's like all right let's go fucking kill some people yep and now the dude who wasn't into he's convinced now because of the because the kids started having the seizure and he's like oh this must be real then i don't I th- know that i he's, think i don't know whether it. or not he's convinced by that i think he's convinced by the other guy's fervor oh maybe i think it might have been a little of both because that's what i got out of it like the the guy started having his episode and they and he's like dude he's possessed and he's like oh shit yeah okay i'm 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 on board and now all the living characters just happen to be on the tracks yep they're all they all just pop out on the tracks because they're all running for their lives (laughs) at this point so the smart money's outside the train we also met a character named neil in there he'll become important here in a little bit 
Oh, because he grabs an axe. He has Neil an axe, is the by axe the way. Man. Yes. Neil is the axe man. He plays Chainsaw Charlie in Slashers. And then we also meet two rail workers who kind of, they, they run with everybody to help them kind of escape everything. And they eventually they all make it to this room that they can lock and kind of regroup themselves. So again, in typical horror movie fashion, phones are dead, no cell service. The TV has this weird red liquid shit fucking all over it, which Karen was drowning in in her dream. I forgot to mention that. And now they're locked in a single room. I honestly thought the rest of the movie was going to play out in this room. Oh, that would have been fucking awesome it's too. So, I, it, the the image quality is so low budget. I was like, yeah, this is probably where where it ends. Nope, they went all out. Morris no. Devereaux was not fucking around. Yeah, and also they shot in a real abandoned subway tunnel, and the the walkie talkies couldn't like reach the top, so they'd have to run up all these stairs to fucking get to a point where they could finally talk to somebody on the top to do all sorts of shit. It's fucking nuts. Oh, shit. I got to admire this guy's commitment. Uh, apparently his dad died in the middle of shooting and he every he's like, we're, we're going to have a day. We're going to have a couple days off. I'll, we'll be back later. And n- nobody knew until the production was over. So he was committed. And granted, I to mean, I, this movie, I get it, though. Like he, he are, he's 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 in almost half a million dollars. You got to yeah. fucking. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's a good movie. I'm not trying to like sh- I'm not trying to shit on. It. I I have said I thoroughly enjoy this movie, but it's still it's like it's such a weird movie like my dad died and i need to keep working on my movie hey he went to he went to his funeral no 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 i he, <laughs> yeah I, I recognize that i'm just saying you know like like you're powering through that that grief which is a powerful grief but yeah. you're powering through it for the sake of a weird movie about killer killer in fairness people in fairness would your if your dad died right now and you were working on something super important to you would he want you to stop it just because he died that's fair he would but i wouldn't he would. He would want you to stop he, he, it. He would. Yeah. What the fuck? He, because That's anything I'm working on would probably be morally dubious to him at best. Oh, that. He's, okay. He's very religious. So. Say you. Say you had a. Say you had a good father. <laughs> he. I don't want to shit on my dad. I he know. is a good. He is a good father. But he. 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 He supports me. He doesn't always support the things I like. I'll say that. Say you had a supportive father. <laughs> <laughs> and, and same scenario. Go. Yeah. They're they're called Voice of Eternal Hope, by the way. That's what the church is called. There it is. That's what it was. Voice of Eternal Hope. And Neil happens to know who they are and stuff. And that's why Neil's like, "Don't just start killing them." Yeah, I know some of these people. They're so good he, people. There's just something's gone wrong. He wants to he wants to get to his family, and then you know the the door's that, locked. That's interesting because he says they're under the influence of something. Oh yeah, something's happened to them. He says yeah, he, he's like he, he, he knows some of these that. people, and they're they're not bad people. So that's interesting. Yeah, this 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 fungus theory is is locking more and more and more as we go. He's the one who wants to get to his family. He's very uh, I don't know adamant. <laughs> yes, uh, he still got the axe though, and everybody's like, "Dude, you can't open this fucking do not open that fucking door." And he's like, "I'm gonna open that door one way or another." <laughs> so you guys better decide if you're coming with me or not. And then you yeah. know John, the the guy who got the guy who comes and Mister Come Quick Thumb Dick, that guy. <laughs> uh, he's like, just because you have the axe doesn't make you King Conan, all right? I I really like that line. It's funny. I love that he's such a douche about not wanting him to go, and then as soon as his girlfriend's like, no, they're definitely coming back. He's like, let's like, go. He's <laughs> like, all right, we're fucking going. Why you are we, assholes can stay here if you want. Why aren't we gone, gone yet? Why are we gone yet, pussies? <laughs> <laughs> so they they all decide they're like, okay. We're going to go. The two the two train workers are like, fuck that. We're going to stay here. The weird little frinkly one, he he gives them a key. It'll get them into the next room halfway through the tunnel if they if they need to need another place to hang yeah. out. Oh, also, 
they were being chased by like a group of these fucking crazies and they were pounding on the door for a minute so that that that's why they're debating on whether they, they should yeah that's why they're debating on whether they should open that door yeah. at all because they were definitely out there at one point and some of them are saying they're still out there and some of them are saying they're gone and in fairness yeah like if their job is to go save people, they wouldn't worry. Like, they'd probably just be like, all right, fuck these fucking fuckers. If they don't want to be saved, then that's their problem. Let's go. But if they're really committed, like if they really believe what they're saying, then they would want to save them. Well, they would want to, but if they can't get in the door, why would why would they waste time with 10 people when they can go up, up top and save hundreds of people? Because they've made a connection, an emotional connection on their end with these people. These people are real to them now. They As opposed just, to the theoretical people upstairs. They just want to penetrate them. There's definitely some sexual repression going on there. So, yeah, you're probably Oh, you right. think? Yeah. Patrick is a perfect example of that one. We got to gear up first. It's not a very exciting gear up scene, but, no, you know, they, it's, hand, it's, they pass out weapons. It's a very haphazard gear up scene. It's a very, like, this needs to happen, so let's just get it out of the way. It lacks a rockin' soundtrack yeah. and a quality montage. Clearly... Morris Devereaux was not taking from the Rocky Four playbook when he put this together, or the Rambo First Blood Part Two playbook, or Power Rangers, or Power Rangers. He seems very serious. I don't think he'd ever watch Power Rangers. <laughs> Turns out he directed the entire third season. Oh, that'd be fucking. That'd be a weird show if he did that. So they open the door, and the crazies are gone. So they're able to just get into the tunnels, and you know the train workers. Though we we need to hang out with them first, because guess what happens. A beeper goes off in, in the little bald guy's locker. Uh-oh, plot twist! And the other guy, whose name I can't remember, his name is Davis. Morris Devereaux says, Uh, we made a mold of of Neil's head for slashers, and so we just used it because it kind of, Neil's head kind of looks like a black guy's head. So yeah, a beeper goes off in Frank's locker. And then, of course, Davis. Davis is the other guy, is the other train worker. He's like, dude, why the fuck is there a fucking going off in your locker and yes i'm emoting and i'm waving my arms around in case anybody gives a shit and the guy's like well he's the wormiest motherfucker <laughs> i like, kind of well, joined them a few months ago. my wife she yeah. wanted to and he's like i knew she was too hot for your fucking ugly ass <laughs> <laughs> he's right by the way she shows yes. up later way too hot she seems to like him, though. His dick must be fucking huge. Uh, we're back in the tunnels again, and there's two kids that pop up out of the, out of the fucking... Okay, <laughs> out, this of, is, out of nowhere. This is pretty fucked up. Yeah, they, they want... I applaud Morris Devereaux for going there he, because you would yeah. have to go there if you're going to do this story. Yes! Like, there's bound to be several children like this that are, like, yep. buying it, especially kids, right? Especially adolescents. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they want to, they're like, let's save them. And then one of them charges the group. And then John, you know, the douche, the Mr. Come Quick Thumb Dick, he fucking slams his crowbar into the side of this kid's head. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, uh, yow, uh, no, he did exactly what he should have done right there. Yeah, it sucks, but it's fair. I mean, if you're just on the streets and something like this happens, okay, yes, uh, that is maybe an extreme response. But they've seen people getting murdered, multiple people yeah. getting murdered by people who this kid is clearly part of the group. He is announcing he is part of the group and he's coming at him with a fucking weapon. Yes, it's shocking. Yes, it's horrible. But yes, he did the right thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, like... I mean, granted, he's just a kid and they probably could have subdued him, but somebody would have gotten stabbed first. And we don't need another guy who's stabbed. Mike is already walking around all gimpy and shit. Is there maybe a better way they could have handled it? 
maybe. Probably, but, but how how fast are you thinking at this point? I just want to live. I, I can't really fault him on that one. He's a tool, but... Uh... Then Neil finally comes out and he's like, you know what? You did what you had to do. Then we were back to the two train workers and Frank, you know, he's like, I'm a member of the church. It's because she got me to join and something about... I'm a, I haven't eaten very much except for rye muffins. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Oh, my uh, God. And then Davis kicks him out of the room. What was Davis's line about that? He was like, what kind of Amish shit is that or something like that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> some kind of hippie shit or something. Oh, like hippie that. shit. There you go. And it's like, yeah. That he is says it might shit. help me with my paunch. Davis kicks Frank out of the room. We're back in the tunnels and Karen thinks she sees some crazies, but they're not actually there. She's having some issues. Oh, that's right. This is where... What's his name, Frank? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Frank, yep. This is where he sees the demon, so you're right, he is on the brand muffins. Yep, oh yeah, yeah there, there's my note down a little further. Frank is outside trying to get back into the room, and he sees one of the demon creatures. Yep. Okay, okay, pieces are coming together. Oh, and then, so while they're in the tunnels, another kid pops out, and he stabs John, the one, I kept on calling him the wannabe cool dude. And then he hits him with a crowbar. He hits another kid with a crowbar. Nobody else has done shit yet. <laughs> he He's crowbars both the kids. He doesn't kill the second one, though. <laughs> yeah, but again, you have to go there. Like, obviously, Morris Devereaux is really going for the, oh, my God, the, yeah. the shock reaction. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, you know, I've said this on the podcast before. Obviously, you will know this. But if you're going to tell a story about some kind of brutal reality like this, right? Like, that's the reason that I always got pissed off with the Hunger Games, because if you're going to tell a story about children being forced to hunt and kill each other. You need as, in my opinion, okay, granted, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, you should have the moral courage to go all the way with it. Don't cop out and spare us the horror of a situation like that because that is horrible. You should not be able to tell a horrible story like that and make it sanitized and fun and clean. It should be ugly. It should be upsetting. But it's for preteen girls. I'm sorry. I I don't care. I I really don't if you're if you want to write something that's safe and sanitized, don't write a fucking story about children hunting each other. Just watch Battle Royale instead. Battle Royale copped out a little bit too. A little bit. Not as bad. There's there's some fucked up horrific shit in that. There is, but I they also don't, read the book though. They so don't go all the way with it. You know what you need to do? Lighten up and hit a kid in the head with a crowbar. <laughs> Fair point. So the group after 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 the cool kid John gets stabbed. Feel sorry for the next Mormon kids that come to my door. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, but you know this one's leaving with a crowbar attached to his head. So the group makes it to another office where uh, Patrick, the creepy dude, is busy chopping up two different people. One of them happens to be a church member. Uh, so he's just fucking nuts. He's just he's just living his best life right now. Oh yeah, Patrick's loving this. I don't even know if he believes in God. He's just. He's just thrilled to be killing some motherfuckers. He will say at the end he's not entirely sure, but what if they're right? And then he's also a little jealous that everybody's seeing all these signs and he's not. No, that was the moment at which I'm like, holy shit, they actually got me to come around on Patrick a You're little like, bit. Aw. Like, I, I'm actually empathizing with this guy. What the fuck? And uh, John is going to die if they move him, so they put him on a on a thing. And he, he has the whiniest voice here. He's like, I'm not going to die, right? Right? <laughs> but fortunately... Yeah. Yeah, or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, Karen is a nurse, so she is able to give them a, a quick diagnosis of John's chances. Of, hey, uh, fuck this guy. He's a douche anyways. Let's leave him. <laughs> 
That's exactly how she said it, too, which was so out of character. And we'll cut back to Frank and Davis. Frank is trying to get back in and sees the demons. Davis gives in. He lets Frank into the room just as the TV, like, pops on. And it's the Reverend talking about who wins your soul. Who do you want to win your soul? Armageddon is upon us and shit. So I'm like, oh, we have our motivation now. This dude has convinced everybody that the world is ending and he they need to save as many souls as they possibly can by killing them all and he's got a bunch of he's got a bunch of video to go along with it but there is some question as to the authenticity of the video or or at least some gets raised later and then we cut back to mike going it's not real it's all just special effects get the fuck out of here carl sagan nonsense what the fuck i'm a skeptic as well but i'm not an idiot (laughs) if uh if we're in a left behind situation, right, and people just magically poof out of existence and their clothes are left there, I'm going to go like, oh, yeah, uh, maybe I was wrong. It, it doesn't make everything that the people who said that was hap- going to happen say right. Yeah, but at least but there's... But it does mean that they, they were, they, on the, they were, they onto, were something. onto something. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, shit, well, okay, so maybe I was wrong, and I'm going to go ahead and pray now, all right? I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Although I will say we haven't quite crossed that threshold in this movie yet. Because I'm not a fucking idiot like Mike is. Mike is the dumbest smart person ever. I hate that shit. I hate it so much. That you know, actively you know what, bugs there, me. You know what? There's a, there's this guy I like. He he's 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 a YouTuber. Uh, he's an atheist YouTuber, and he he uh, he goes by the name of Genetically Modified Skeptic. I like him a lot because he's very even-handed. He really tries to confront bullshit where he sees it even if it's on his own side and and so he he makes this he he has this video that he made about things atheists need to stop saying (laughs) and one of them is being an atheist does not make you rational (laughs) no shit (laughs) you know you may be rational but it doesn't make you rational just because you're an atheist that's based on your rationality that's based on using and applying rationality not upon just not believing in God. Yeah. Facts are facts and evidence is evidence. And if there's evidence in front of me, I'm probably going to believe it because I'm rational, sort of, sometimes. Anyways, fuck Mike. He's a dickhead. I didn't even realize it was a Carl Sagan book. <laughs> that DVD you gave me is not high resolution, no, so no, I, I did not see it. See, I, I can see all a lot of these things. On Are your eyes that bad? The um, movie, it didn't have great resolution. I'm going to have to go back and watch rough. it and see if I can see if it's Carl Sagan. Did, do you just know it's Carl Sagan because of the commentary or what? Uh, because it says Carl Sagan like in huge fucking letters on the book. I actually was trying at one point. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't keep trying, but at the beginning I was trying to see what he was reading, but I that was just at the very beginning. I don't know what book it is, but it's by Carl Sagan and I'm going to quit saying Carl Sagan because I've said Carl Sagan <laughs> so many times, Carl Sagan. It's, it's taking on a, a new <laughs> form. It's no, it's no longer a name. Now it's a mantra. Carl Sagan, Carl Sagan, Carl Sagan. <laughs> they ask Patrick about what's going on, and he basically this is where he says he has he has an open mind, so he's just kind of like, "What if?" And he's like, "Oh, and I'm a virgin. Can you believe it? A charmer like me?" They're I would have been shocked if he'd said he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. They're going to, I think, Karen, Mike, and Neil are all going, or, and Julie. Julie is still there, even though she hasn't really done much uh, for a while. No, she did do a little bit when they tie when they tie Patrick up. She starts kicking the shit out. Of him. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, she, she 
smacks him or she no she punches him he falls over and she starts kicking him and yeah. they're like whoa and and neil's like dude okay c- calm down and that's that's what neil's like okay you better tell us what the fuck's going on or i'm gonna let her back at you and i'm like i would have just let her well i don't think they realized what she had gone through because she's not piping up about it afterwards she's crying and she tells karen what happened yeah but at this point she hasn't said anything so so like i can understand them being like okay okay you know dial it back but yeah if i'd been in the group and then she'd been like this happened in the train i'd have been like ah guys just let her just let her do what she needs to do. Yeah, she doesn't. We don't need to let her kill him. Just kind of like hurt him a lot. Just you know, hit him in the head until he can't speak anymore. Just, How about that? Just maim him until thoroughly. he can't creep on all of us anymore. So they're gonna leave, and Neil and Julie they're gonna go. They're gonna go pee. Mike and Karen get to sit down and have a talk about some stuff. I agree with Mike on this. He would love to see a ghost because any proof of the afterlife would only be great news. I would love to see that shit because then you know I'd have something else to believe in she's like she agrees with him that she doesn't believe in any of that shit but she's still scared of it like she's still kind of in the back of her head she doesn't believe it but like, well and she's seen some shit that yeah. he hasn't seen and i i understand that feeling though too like i know there's nothing in the dark but sometimes if you're fucking alone in your creepy old house like your mind does a lot to fuck with you whether you're eating fucking fungus or not oh so we're gonna get into some serious shit here in a minute oh and mike also says if you ever see anything like a supernatural entity just marvel at its very existence get the fuck okay i'm back off board again (laughs) he had you and then he lost you like an overzealous fisherman so neil then radios davis letting him know that they're safe but davis and frank are not safe because just as soon as he answers he's like oh good i'm glad you made it oh fuck the door gets busted open and the crazy church people are in the room it's that old lady and a bunch of her bros that old lady you gotta hand it to her she's like, all over the fucking place jesus she's a doer she's 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 the psychotic church cult workhorse yeah she puts her money where her mouth is and she outranks patrick yes she does <laughs> Ooh, that's scary uh the group then they're like it's time to leave i think they leave sarah sarah is the is the cute church girl the church mouse and john and and patrick they leave them behind so basically, they're condemning patrick to death john or John, excuse me. John is John. left with two church members. Yeah. One John's who, definitely dying. One, one, doesn't, one is wrapped in <laughs> yeah. duct tape. He's definitely getting out of that. Yeah. And the other one is his... It was a shitty rap job, by the way. The other one is the girl who broke her religious convictions to fuck him. He's dead, for sure. Yeah, which we'll get to in, in a minute. It's pretty fucked up. So now let's get... <laughs> Let's get back to Frank and Davis. Oh my goodness. This scene is messed up. So Frank ends up selling out his friend. His wife comes in and they're like, you've lost the faith. And he's like, I, I, he basically said earlier, by the way, that he didn't think it mattered because he was like, he, he acted, he was Catholic before and he didn't really believe it then. So he thought, what was the difference? He was like, everything was really cryptic. It didn't, they never really said anything outright. It was all just like, you know, eventually the, the great awakening or something like that, you know? And he yeah. was like, they never said what it meant. But then they, then he does, he sells, he sells out Davis because Davis is like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, ch- I'm a member of the church too. Just tell him, tell him Frank, tell yeah, him. And, and he's, he's like, like, I'm he's sorry. Like, <laughs> Davis is oh, like, man, you fucking asshole. And this is a really good beheading scene, if you can call it that. Oh, yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. Like, the <laughs> the effect is good. According to the commentary, he's like, I made the special effects people watch a lot of beheading videos for that. The effect is upsettingly good. One guy has a sword, by the way, 
and yeah. they won't use guns because it goes against their religion. It's not it's impure and shit. But well, yeah. so they've speculated. Yeah. No one's actually come out and said that. But one of the non-church members yeah. speculated that that's what's happening. But the guy with the sword definitely cuts Davis's head almost off because apparently in a real beheading, the sword, the, the blade doesn't just like go right through the neck. Yeah, no, uh, he got through the spine and like halfway through the neck and then they just left him to die. Yeah, they just drop him I'm like, ah. Oh, oh, it gets worse. It's fine. It was. Oh, and it looks so fucking real. That is a and that that's a great effect. It is amazing. Holy shit. And it's upsetting. It's going to get more upsetting. This seems. Yeah, this gets a bit grim. Remember how funny it was in Automaton Transfusion when the zombie broke into that chick's stomach and ate the ate the baby. (laughs) See, that was kind of funny. No such sense of whimsy here. So Frank's wife shows up and she hugs him and she's like, oh my God, I was waiting for you with the next thing. And she really... Hugely pregnant. Yes. Very, very, very pregnant. She loves this guy. They love each other. She is definitely way too hot for him. And now our crazy old lady friend, she's like, you need to prove your faith by saving your wife right now. And we all know what saving people means in this situation. And she's begging him for it. She's like, I can feel the devil tempting me. I can feel him attacking our baby. And you're like, what the fuck? Fuck. And so is Frank. And he can't he can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it. So Brenda, I think, stabs him. And then she lets the other stab her. Like so there's just a big stabbing party where yeah. they, they they're both essentially She stabs yeah. him. Which, like she's like, It's okay, I understand. And she holds him and brings him in close and then oh my god, it's fucking brutal. <laughs> and then they're both lying on the ground together, bleeding out, essentially. And they have sliced her gut open. And yeah. the baby fell out. I told you it gets worse. They gently lay the baby in between them. The uh, baby who's moving, by the way. Yeah. Who's moving. Oh, Jesus. And then they both die. So the worst of it is done. Like, it doesn't get any more disturbing than that. No. Which is uh, yeah, nice. That, that's, that's definitely the furthest but, it goes. holy crap. I, yeah, yeah, I thought Canadians were supposed to be polite. That wasn't polite at all. <laughs> That was downright surly. That's stuck in my mind ever since yeah. I saw this movie. No, that whole that whole sequence from from uh, what's his name Davis getting his head chopped off yeah. all the way to the two of them getting laid out together. Oh, it, it is that's a that's a brutal scene. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff you show in effects school. Like <laughs> absolutely, yeah. These guys didn't have a big budget. They did this. We're Tom Savini in our way through this fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. God, like, I mean, that, that head chop is I mean, even he would amazing. see it and be like, yeah, fucking A, right on. Uh, so we're back in the room with Sarah and John and Patrick, and she's eating a muffin. And Patrick, of course, he knows who she is. He's like, I know who you are. I've seen you. And she's like, oh, you're one of the reverend's lieutenants. I don't know what the ranking is, but he's a lieutenant, apparently. Well, he's not a general because that's <laughs> the lady. Patrick is trying to convince her that she needs to untie him because... They're not the church people aren't going to be happy, and neither is God and shit. And he knows that they fucked because he can smell it. Gross. Everything. He, every he just everything is gross when he is near. It's, this dude is the fucking king of the creeps. He could just be like, "Hey, how are you doing? I'm I'm a nice boy," and it would still be creepy. It would just feel molesty. Granted, if he if he if anybody walked up to me and said, "Hi, how are you doing? I'm a nice boy." <laughs> <laughs> immediately you know suspect. what i mean she won't be saved if they find out is the is the problem and he's saying that uh he'll basically he's saying he'll lie and tell him that she that she's okay 
if she cuts him free, which should be your first indication that you should not trust this man. She runs into the bathroom. She pukes and she cleans up her danger zone. And then she sees Demon John fucking while she's in there. He's not even dead yet. Like, what the fuck? And he's already got a demon. Also, these demons are really fucking weird looking. They They have like their mouths are like skinned together. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird and creepy look. Some of them look good and some of them don't. The later ones look pretty good. Yeah, I'm again, even Rachel saw it and she was like, wow, they look really good for like how shitty this movie is. The first scene, uh, like the jump scare is really good, but then the, the close up doesn't look great. So, you know, there there is that. So it, it's uneven. Uh, she comes out. She, she's on board now. She comes out. She unties Patrick and she's standing. She ends up standing over John with the cross knife. Right. And she's like ready to she's trying to she's trying to stab him because like she's got to save him because she loves him. Apparently. She can't do it. She cries. She breaks down. Apparently this girl was really crying when they did this. She was like really like committing. Yeah. So the th- and they yelled cut and she couldn't stop crying. <laughs> so she was like she was like really she was, she was going. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's the one thing I will say. She's not a great actress or anything, but she's she's committing. Um but to she, the best of her know, ability. She can't do it. So Patrick, what does Patrick do? He goes over and grabs her hands and brings them down for her. And then of course Patrick has to try and have his way with her but only stops when the other church members come in <laughs> he's he's such a dick too he's like doesn't anybody ever knock <laughs> i know and they're like oh, patrick what are you doing and he's like she did it she's trying to seduce me she fucked that guy which of course works <laughs> then stabs her in the back yep. so so technically she's saved so whatever we'll get back to them back in the tunnels we hear whoa we hear members singing that fucking song again and walking right towards the group and then there's a little fight scene everybody's like fighting with their swords and knives and crowbars and shit yeah this is where this is where sword man shows up again uh and then oh fucking neil gives somebody an axe to the head it's sword man oh is it it is yeah. sword man and yeah, then it's it's because the girls had knocked his wife down and given her a good hit to the face with a hammer a hammer then the little little hammer dot on her face well no that was the other guy <laughs> okay, that was yeah. the other guy but no she, like she's on the ground bleeding profusely from her head and sword man sees her and is like julie or what she, it's not julie it's something else you know like fran fran whatever and uh and that gives neil the in with the axe and man he goes right into the side of his head and it looks it looks good. And then Mike gets stabbed in the leg, so he's got a he's got a stab in the back, like the ribs area and and in the leg. So he's almost pretty useless at this point. This is a pretty bad stab too. It looks like it may have uh nicked an artery or something like that. It's it's not looking good. And then we gotta get the buff guy to take off his shirt. Naturally. Neil is fucking ripped. Of course he is. He he gives up. He's like, I'm just gonna I'm you know what? I'm going to I'm going to leave. I'm going to fucking I'm going to go to my family. Sorry. Fuck you guys. I'm leaving. He asked Julie if she wants to go with him because Karen is staunchly refusing. She's going to stay with Mike. So he asked Julie and she's like, no, I'm staying with him. You go. And he's like, all right, I'll send I'll send back help as as soon as I get there. I promise. And I was like, mm, don't make any promises. You can't keep there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, No shit. But then Julie ends up taking off anyways. And then Mike is, you know, Karen's trying not to leave him. And he's like, just get the fuck out of here. Just go. Just go, but do me a favor. Make make a lot of noise when you leave, so I can have a chance. Which she does. Kudos to her. Yeah, for... she th- she does. He's lying there as some members run by as she she screams and they're trying to get to her. One just keeps stabbing the bodies of his fellow church members. Well, he's stabbing all the dead bodies yeah. to make sure they're dead, and he's he's working his way towards Mike. 
He's like, they, the other dude is like, they've already been saved just as he's about to stab Mike. Was this a popular story? I don't know, but there, there was a story my mom told me about a guy, and I don't know if it was a guy she knew or if it was a guy that she had, you know, like someone famous or something that she had read his story. In my memory, it was a guy she knew, but I could be wrong about it. But apparently there was, there was this guy and he was in Vietnam and his whole platoon or something like that had been killed and he was lying in a ditch with all these guys or a trench or something like that with all these guys or maybe it was world war ii i don't fucking know or i guess world war one was the trench war but one of the enemy soldiers comes along and starts bayonetting guys in the back to make sure they're dead and slowly working his way towards him and uh, i don't remember how the story ended i don't remember he actually got bayoneted and faked his way through it or if they skipped him for some weird reason or something but uh Ever since whenever I see one of those scenes, I think of that story. Maybe maybe it was it was probably just something my mom read in a Reader's Digest or something. I don't know. Of course, Patrick ends up going after Karen because he he wants that he wants that sweet sweet ginger Canadian poontang. Yes, he does. Uh, very badly. That was a weird out. thing to say. I don't know why I said it like that. You want to do a take two on it? Not really. I'm just gonna let it. I'm just gonna let it ride. It's fine. Then Neil ends up. He makes it to the surface. He finds a bunch of destruction out the window, you know. And then a dude comes flying into the into the fucking door, like at the door, and going, "Look around, brother!" Ah! He's like, "Holy shit!" And he can't get out because the wall, the door's all barricaded and shit. And you said you saw him looking up at something. I, well, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Now. I'm thinking he was just kind of looking out. It's possible, but. I thought I remembered the guy saying something about look at the sky and him looking up and having a react, but that could be just a subjective thing that my mind imposed yeah. on it because it's what I expected to see. What we need is a sequel. Or Morris Devereaux to not fucking be a dick and hold everything back. Tell me stuff. <laughs> fucking asshole. I'm going to go in the opposite direction on this. I'm perfectly fine with Morris Devereaux not saying anything. Okay, fine. Whisper it to me like Bill Murray whispered whatever the fuck to that chick in that movie, and we'll be fine. You, oh, I was going to say I was gonna say whisper it to him like uh, the little boy whispered to his sister what was in the box. I was referencing a better movie. God, that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> Neil then, eventually, he gets killed by the old lady, though, because she's fucking everywhere. She is the hardest working woman <laughs> She's the James Brown of cult members. Yeah, she is f literally everywhere. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she had a hand in killing almost every character <laughs> that we saw die. She was in the room when the guy got beheaded and, and all that well, shit. Well, no, because in the beginning, remember those two guys walk up to those two ladies that are in the, you know, with the reluctant guy in the yeah. background. Yeah. She wasn't in that car. She was a car away. Uh, then Julie ends up getting back on the train. We'll uh, we'll we'll get back to her in a second because I what happens to her is probably more fucked up than what happens to a lot of people in the movie. Karen is hiding and the beepers go off again. So Julie's getting kind of getting like stalked by the this handful of dudes and they just stop and she's like what the fuck she's like against the door she can't go anywhere and she's like she's crying she's freaking she's like, out come on motherfucker yeah. let's do it she's she got her hammer raised and she's yeah she knows she's about to die and it's these dudes terrible they all just stop and they apologize they say i'm sorry but they're not apologizing for almost killing her they're apologizing because they don't get to kill her now yeah. they don't get to save her apparently the window has closed for being saved and then she is traumatized for life assuming the world doesn't actually end at the end of this they, they take out these pills and they they give each other these pills and apparently they're cyanide because they all start like convulsing and fucking dying yes they all immediately die as a group and she is just like sitting there staring at him like what the f <laughs> like 
This, oh. is, this is a rough night. A creepy guy, he didn't take a pill, but no one's there to give it to him, so it wouldn't work anyways. He wouldn't be saved, because that's suicide. The, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. The hardest working woman in cult business. Uh, and he, this is where he kind of has, you, you, you kind of, I think you came around on him. I didn't feel bad for him at all. I, it's not that I felt bad <laughs> for him, it's just that, like, I empathized, because yeah. you have to remember, anybody who's that fucked up got that fucked up. They didn't do that to themselves. Well, that's probably true. But yeah, he doesn't justify his actions. It doesn't make him not culpable for, you know, what he did. But it made him tolerable in terms of like I could actually empathize somewhat with his character. Up until this moment, he was just the evilest character in the movie, and then he has this moment, and you're like, oh wow, like like it 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 shows you that he he didn't he didn't he's not just a pure sociopath. Like he he was brutalized into becoming what he is yeah, whether it was can... emotionally whether it was you know sociologically or physically there's definitely some kind of physical abuse going on there because he's he's doing some fucked up things to himself well yeah because this is where he says like he's kind of sad that everybody else is seeing signs except for him so what does that mean he is is he worth a shit or what that he lifts up his shirt and there's just a bunch of scars all down his like ribs so he's a cutter also yeah and then he just drags his knife across them yep just like oof, yeah this 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 is what makes this script so good something like this where it would be easy to never have this scene and it would still be effective it's not like the story wouldn't be effective if this scene got cut but this scene adds a layer to it that makes it go from just being a sort of pedestrian exercise in horror to actually having some depth to it uh that's why i say this is not a good bad movie this is a good movie my next note is mike's still kicking dot 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 you know what i mean because <laughs> he got stabbed in the in the leg he's not doing much kicking i don't think because <laughs> i wrote that i wrote that on accident like mike's still kicking I'm like wait <laughs> like that wasn't that wasn't meant to be a joke <laughs> The old lady, because uh, again, she's fucking everywhere. She was at, she was on the surface. Now she's back at the bottom again, where Patrick and Karen are fucking around. And he, and she found Patrick, and she's like, "Oh, thank God, I found you. I can't kill myself. Everybody else already took their pills." But he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna help you." And then he stabs her. Yeah. And he's like, "Now you're saved." And then he's like, "Now I'm gonna get back to business. The <laughs> this, business of raping." This is where I had the had the had the realization that he's totally an incel because he's like complaining still about never getting laid and shit. Here's another good effect though. He like and he kisses Karen. He's got her down. He's like holding her down. He kisses her and then she fucking bites his lip off. <laughs> like yes, I let out an audible yeah <laughs> when I was watching that scene. Oh, and then she fucking stabs him. Yes. Yeah. And again. The twist. Yes. What um, does he say? <laughs> I don't remember. He says, thank you. And then he oh, dies. Did he say thank you? Yes. Did I miss that completely? Fuck. Oh, well, good. Karen's such a nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on. So, and apparently he didn't kill the old lady. She's not dead yet. So she's no, he like, just wounded her yeah. horribly. <laughs> so she has to give herself the pill, which she says, forgive me. Because again, suicide, not good. In the, in the eyes mm-hmm. of God, not, not a good thing. Not traditionally. Mike then runs. Oh, Mike. Mike's trying to get to her, and he runs into the kid whose brother got killed earlier. Oh, yeah. This is also sad. I don't feel, I feel bad for this kid. There's no one there to give him the pill. So he's like really fucking depressed. (laughs) And then he sees something behind Mike. Yeah, he sees something behind Mike, and then he's like, oh, God, and then he runs away. I I guess we don't really get to see if Mike sees anything. 
no we cut immediately to karen kind of cowering in, against the wall she's like oh my god i'm gonna fucking uh. and then she sees the demons the demon monster things like crawling towards her somewhere on the ceiling somewhere on the floor and just a, like in the drawings yeah, it's a decent practical effect the costumes look good again you have to even if they didn't look perfect like you have to remember four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> For that, this is this is Oscar worthy for that much money. And she's like freaking out now. She's like, oh my god, she's crying. She's like closing her eyes. She's cowering in the corner and nothing happens really. Yeah, these these things like they keep getting closer and closer and they're right on top of her. And then we're just in this super tight close up on her face and she's just got her eyes all squinched shut waiting for the end. But nothing happens. There is a shadow over her face, though. Now, yes. and I don't know if that was meant to happen or if it was just the cameraman. I'm no, assuming we, yeah, it was meant we, to happen. We we do see it. I mean, there's obviously something going on. We continue to hear some sounds and stuff, but nothing happens. Nope. So she opens her eyes and she smiles. And Cut it's clearly, yeah, something or someone right in front of her. What or who is it? No idea. Because we cut to black. The end. The end. The movie's over. Uh, do you have a theory? Well, shit, man, now that you, like, I had a theory when I came here, and then you Specifically me... about who's in front of her right this right Oh, this about second. who's in Just front of her. that part. We'll get to the other part in a second. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have a specific no. theory about that. Maybe subsequent watches would give me one, but uh, I I feel like that's more in the realm of, of the rewatch. I think it's Mike, because it makes sense, Mike? yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it again, it all depends on whether or not what's happening is actually happening, because... In my watch, the drug angle, or rather the uh, the mold angle, never entered my brain. So I thought, like I, like I said to you, the nonsense words on the thing, I thought were just that. I thought it was because <laughs> you just thought it was nonsense words. <laughs> because, yeah, I thought it was nonsense words because of the way that dreams work and yeah. the fact that the language centers of your brain, the the reading language centers, are separate and don't. There's not always much overlap with the dream parts of your the dreaming parts of your brain so that that's what i assumed was the case there it never even occurred to me that it would be something else and then you know by the time we get to the end i'm kind of like well i mean i would i was enjoying the idea early on that what if the cult actually was right you know like i was kind of toying with that early on so then as the story unfolds this just kind of confirming it i'm like okay all right i like this kind of stuff you know subverts your expectations but then you bring in this other theory and it's like (laughs) okay that further subverts it that's even better so yeah like uh, my initial theory was like that we were looking at a a a frailty situation where you know it turns out that that the killers were right because that's just fun you know because you don't you never expect to see that coming you know like you never expect it so it can be fun in that way. But yeah, you, the the thing about the mold just makes it more interesting to me. That's fantastic. I now I have to rewatch it to see whether or not that uh, that jibes with the facts of the of the case as it were. And I'm more the, the on the skeptical side. I just assume that everybody's crazy. I never understood why she was also seeing the demons along with everybody else if it wasn't actually happening so I'm like is that just like something that he didn't really think all the way through but that fucking the fungus situation everything's in perspective now that that could that could definitely explain the whole thing except, I don't for, know. except for why that black guy was scary to her maybe she's just a racist maybe Morris Devereaux Mr. French Canadian is racist that's possible too yeah I'm speculating Morris Devereaux come on the show tell us about it yeah if you got any balls you coward he's totally gonna hear this <laughs> <laughs> He might actually. Nope. Nobody's fucking reviewed this movie. It's true. You never know. I mean, if if anybody's ego scrolling end of the line, there probably aren't going to be a ton of hits. So we might end up near the top. 
Morris Devereaux, come talk to me, dude. I would fucking love it. Yeah, come on the show. I the two movies of yours that I've seen, I fucking loved. So, uh, the one movie of yours that I've seen, I fucking loved. <laughs> Even if you do bug me with your cryptic nonsense, <laughs> I'm pro crypticism. I'm for it, Morris. Keep it up. I almost forgot what we were talking about, and I'm like, who the fuck's Morris? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Okay, it's getting late. I think it's time for bed. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so, uh, final thoughts on End of the Line. Oh, definitely give this a watch if you can enjoy a low-budget movie. And more is, people should. This is definitely low-budget. If, you know, kind of stilted acting and stuff is going to ruin a movie for you, then, yeah, you're probably not going to enjoy this. But if you can enjoy that when it's in service of a good story, which I really, I do think this is. And it's got some very effective scares, some very effective horror, which aren't necessarily the same things. Yeah, I I definitely have to give this a recommendation. It's not going to be for everybody, but I think that if you have the slightest inclination, you should absolutely watch it. I agree. The first time I saw this, I saw the cover of this movie walking through Hastings one day, and I'm like, that looks fucking weird i read the back of it thought it sounded cool i took it home and i was enthralled the entire time but you know what fucked it up there was a scratch on the disc so around the last 20 minutes or so it started skipping and freaking out oh my god seriously oh my god <laughs> oh that sucks and i was like into it up until that oh, point too fuck man and then i took it back i got it cleaned i watched the last 20 minutes i'm like god damn it i was mad because like it yeah. didn't have the same effect i liked it still i'll never get that back yeah but you know, watching it again, I'm glad it's still awesome. I'm so happy. That's true. I can definitely see how, if it's been a while since you watched this, you might be like, oh, fuck, what if it was just that I was, you know, like 22 or whatever, you know. And, Early, mid-20s. Yeah, and now it yeah. sucks, you know. Oh, that would be the worst. But no, it, I, I feel like this is a, this is a very strong, uh, albeit low budget. You know, I mean, the, the low budget is showing. But again, strong script. Strong, you know, some cheesy lines, but strong script, strong directing, strong sense of what makes this work because they are making it work. Like I said, it lost me multiple times, but it always <laughs> pulled me right back in. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's it's far from a f- perfect film. I'm certainly not going to try and sell it on its technical perfection, but its competency, it keeps grabbing you and hooking you right back into the story. And that's saying something nowadays because... <laughs> I swear, man, I've been watching so many movies lately that are losing me because of weak storytelling. But I don't want to get on that rant again. I, I probably already <laughs> said it this episode, so I don't oh, need to times. say it again. <laughs> yeah, so go get that fucking TerrorVision Blu-ray. Yeah, definitely do. Plus, you know, TerrorVision's putting out some cool stuff. I definitely uh, uh, am, am all for uh, for throwing them some business. Yeah, so I think I think that's it. This movie's kind of awesome. Go watch it. You can find it, I promise. I got it for 50 cents the first time. It's probably on Tubi, <laughs> too, huh? I don't think it's streaming on anything. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a damn shame. It might be on Tubi because this is the type of movie that Tubi likes. This is definitely Tubi material. But I don't think it is. <laughs> if I'm wrong, then fuck me in the butt with a crucifix. But, you know. What are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? We're going to, instead of instead of a movie that nobody's seen, we're going to talk about a movie that every single person in the fucking world, including my grandma, has seen. I don't think that's true. My grandma's never seen it. Nightmare on Elm Street. The OG 1984, I believe. Nightmare on Elm Street. None of that remake shit that I've never seen, so I can't really. I'm just talking shit because I can. A genuine classic. 
Well, okay, maybe genuine is the wrong word. <laughs> it's a it's a genuine modern classic. I'll put it that okay. Genuine a classic of my childhood. I was gonna say the eighties isn't that fucking new anymore, when, man. We're old. When I was a kid, this movie was fucking inescapable. Everybody was talking about Freddy Krueger. He was scaring the shit out of us, and we loved him for it. That's because he's scary. And we also love Robert England, but we'll talk about it all oh, yes. next week. How about some social media? You can follow us on everything at the Shark Pod. Of course, the usual bullshit. Uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Come listen to us talk about random crap that we won't talk about on here. Lots of kung fu movies and fucking asylum movies. And I thought of a new one that we should do. Ooey Bowl. An Ooey Bowl year. That'd oh be my fucking God. awesome. We, we could call it a year of bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> That might be next year, folks. <laughs> that might be that next may year. be in the future. I was trying to think of a name for it, but that's a good one. That would, <laughs> oh, that would be hard. Uva <laughs> Bull, his mo- oh Jesus, that's rough. That that'll make the asylum year look easy by comparison. Oh man, we would earn our money that year. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, Patreon.com/slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Come check it out. Give us money, and you can hear us suffer apparently but uh, yeah uh we'll be back next week actually next week this time with with nightmare on elm street i almost called it nightmare before christmas <laughs> another great movie really another great movie it is but yeah nightmare on elm street slasher movies i believe technically it's a nightmare on elm street the nightmare on elm street no, okay, I think it's 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 out of here. it's a nightmare get on Elm Street. You are right. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see you next week for that bullshit. But until then, stay jawsome. <laughs> <laughs>